You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. If this is your first time listening in, I am your host, Isaac Watson, and I'm just so grateful that you have tuned in, have taken the time to listen to this podcast, uh, and hopefully you've been enjoying this journey that we've been on together uh, with Church Talk with Isaac. Listen, I am just so excited. I'm so ecstatic about um, the the responses that I've gotten uh, regarding the topics that we've covered uh, over the past year or so, every single week. Uh, over the past year or so, we've released fresh material, fresh content, and hopefully it's been something that's been a benefit um, to you. So let me go ahead and encourage you, if you have not already, take this time and rate Church Talk with Isaac. I really do appreciate it. And if you are an Apple user, if you're viewing from your MacBook or iPhone or iPad, uh, um, you know, however you're viewing or listening, rather, um, go ahead and click on that uh, the stars and rate Church Talk with Isaac. It only takes a second. And what that actually does is it gives me feedback on uh, on how you all are receiving Church Talk with Isaac. You all are receiving this podcast. And it also allows other listeners, people who are searching for for podcasts like this uh, with content similar to this or similar interests um, or uh, even if you may listen to other podcasts and you listen to this one as well, it may uh, people who may listen to the same podcast as you, but don't listen to this one, they'll get a notification. Um, they'll get alerted and it'll let them know that if you've listened to this, you may also like Church Talk with Isaac as well. Check it out. And it just gives more visibility to this particular platform so that more people can be enriched, more people can um, can learn, more people can engage and become aware of this platform. So go ahead and rate this uh, this podcast and also uh, leave a review if you have not already. I do appreciate all of the reviews um, that you all um, do that you write in for me. I do read them all. And I do appreciate it. So go ahead, take a, a minute or so and do that uh, for me as well. Just some words about how this platform has uh, has has encouraged you, how you may have benefited from it, what you have grasped or what you've gotten from it. Uh, so go ahead and do that. And again, I really do appreciate it from the deepest parts of my heart. I really do appreciate it. Uh, all right, guys, let's go ahead. I want to get into today's topic and uh, I want to talk today on the topic better is not boundless better is not boundless and really what I want to talk about is the gospel and I want to talk about the grace of God um, if if you have been in the church for any amount of time you have heard of God's grace and one of the things that that we preach and we believe is that we are not saved by our own works but we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by the grace of God. And Romans makes it clear that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And there's another scripture. I believe it's in, uh, I want to say it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance 
for every good work. So we see that even when we talk about the grace of God, it says that God makes all grace abound towards you, which means that that the grace that is towards you is is over and above what's normal. The grace that's towards you is overflowing. Um, it 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 super exceeds everything that you could um, imagine. And some people would even draw a conclusion that this grace hyper abounds. So it is what some would consider a hyper grace. Um, and hyper and speaking of a hyper grace, it can go in so many different directions. But I want to I want to just kind of from my perspective, I want to just begin to speak about the gospel and about the grace of God, because I do believe that grace uh, uh, is uh, uh, is it, it abounds in your life. I believe that the covenant that we are a part of is a better covenant made upon better promises. And that's something that you actually see in Hebrews chapter eight, how it says how we have how how he has Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. And as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises as Hebrews 8 and 6 and then if you go back in Hebrews 7:22 it says that by so much more Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant or in other words he's become a mediator of a better covenant so we know that the covenant that we are a part of is a better covenant than the covenant that God made with the uh, the nation of Israel quite honestly and um, the first covenant or the covenant of Moses the covenant that we are a part of the covenant of Christ is a better covenant made upon better promises. But I think one of the things that often can be misconstrued is the idea that because it's a better covenant, because we are a part of a covenant of grace that abounds in our life, sometimes we can conclude that better uh, is equivalent to boundless or better is equivalent to to having no restriction better or the grace of God is unrestricted. The grace of God has no boundaries, but that's not what the scripture says. Um, Paul articulated and the author of Hebrews articulated that it is better. Um, Paul articulated that it abounds and we know that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So we do understand that it abounds more than sin, but that does not mean that the covenant that we are a part of is lawless. It doesn't mean that the grace that we uh, are partakers of, the grace that we have the, have, have the opportunity um, to be in is lawless. Just because we are not under the old covenant or let me say it like this just because we do not abide by the the law of Moses it does not mean that we live as a lawless people Christianity the gospel the grace of God the covenant check this out even the covenant of freedom is not a covenant that 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 invokes or that promotes lawlessness um, we are just simply under a new law. We are governed under a new law and it is a law of grace. It is a law of freedom is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And this law is something that actually governs our lives. Now, let me say this because I, I do believe um, that one of the things that we have experienced, quite honestly, is the mutation of grace. We've experienced 
a gospel that is so progressive. I want you to hear me. That's so progressive that it has ultimately progressed beyond even Christ. And this is the thing about progression. And, and I'm going to just talk about it just for a moment. I'm not going to be on here for very long. Um, but I want to say this. I do believe that the gospel has demonstrated levels of progression from the from the from the time of of Jesus's death and resurrection throughout the book of Acts. We do see a progression of the understanding of the grace of God. We see a progression of the understanding of the gospel. But this is a thing. Whenever you progress so much that you that you progress beyond Christ at that point, you have become a heretic. At that point, you have you have entered into another gospel. You have begun to preach or teach or demonstrate another Jesus. And that is what Paul talks about in the book of Galatians. He says that, you know, he says, who has bewitched you foolish Galatians? Because they were going back to the law when 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 ultimately um, Christ has set them free from the law and they were returning back to Judaism and trying to worship Jesus or worship God through the law. And they had returned to a gospel that was contrary to the gospel that, that had been presented to them, which is saved by grace through faith. So um, ultimately, one of the things that we began to see is a mutation of the grace of God. Now, that's pertaining to the law. On the other end, I believe that 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 we can we can believe and we can we can teach and we can lead from a limitless position to the degree to where there is no longer a sense of self-governance um, to the point to where there is no longer an understanding of 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 righteousness, of what the kingdom is, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, we begin to live a life of lawlessness where anything goes. Um, and and I believe that that is something, honestly, that can become very dangerous for the believer. Now, this is the thing that we have to understand about the gospel. All right. The gospel is 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 the promotion of being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. The, the, the good news of sonship, the good news that 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 you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but 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 you can become citizens of the household of faith, the household of God, and be reconciled to God as Father through Jesus Christ, ultimately becoming a joint heir with Christ, being called to rule in the earth as the family of God, and and spreading the good news of of being sons of God and the reality that you are no longer orphans. And with that truth, with that gospel comes the opening of the mind, the opening of the eyes and the opening of the heart that we are no longer governed by the nature of sin or the old man. And that we now can become um, citizens of, of, of heaven, citizens of the kingdom to where we are now governed by the spirit of grace and by the kingdom of God. I believe that this is what the gospel entails 
And with this gospel comes righteousness, peace, joy. With this gospel comes a deliverance from demons. It it becomes a deliverance and freedom from dead works. It becomes the opening up of the mind to where we are no longer governed by the futility and darkness and veil of our own minds. But now we are transformed and we are continually transformed in our minds so that our lifestyle can reflect the reality that we have become aware of i believe that these are truths of what happens when we come into the revelation of what the gospel is now all of these things are great but i believe that that many people what they've done is they've taken the progressive nature of the kingdom the progressive nature of the gospel let me give you an example of what i mean by that when the gospel was first preached the gospel only reached the Jewish nation. Jesus said that I was sent to the to the to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he told his disciples uh, that the gospel was to be preached in a progressive manner, preaching in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and then the uttermost parts of the world. So in other words, we saw a progression. We saw um, the gospel reaching first Jews. And then those who were um, who were who were who were who were uh, who were who were Hellenists, in other words, or they were Jewish. They were they were they were Greeks who have adopted their life to Jewish culture or they were they were people who were a part of other nations who have adopted the Jewish culture, the Jewish beliefs of Judaism. But then we saw that there was a progression that went beyond the nation of Israel and those who have accepted Judaism to where now the gospel began to reach pagans. It began to reach um, polytheists. It began to reach people of other nations, Athenians, and it began to reach um, 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 the Colossians. And it began to reach other people of other nations that worship other gods to where they would have to ultimately abandon their belief systems. Um, in certain aspects, even in the book of Acts, you had you had you had pagans who burnt their pagan Bibles, their pagan books, religious books, their ways of life. And they ultimately turned to the gospel, turned to Christ and began to adopt the lifestyle of the kingdom of God progressively. Um, I've seen people take that progressive ideology, that progressive gospel, which I believe it is, but extend beyond the borders of righteousness, extend beyond the borders of truth, extend beyond the borders of responsibility of stewarding the gospel of Christ. And this is how the gospel is a gospel that 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 is that is that causes us to be self-governed in the sense of us not being governed by external things but us being uh, governed by the kingdom of God and ultimately the spirit of God the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that leads us and guides us into all truth so ultimately to be in the kingdom to be in Christ is to be governed internally um, we know that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We also know in the book of Luke when the Pharisees were asking, where is this kingdom? And Jesus responded, many will say that the kingdom is here. The kingdom of there is, is there. But the kingdom of God does not come with observation. The kingdom of God, one translation says the kingdom of God is in your midst. Another translation says that the kingdom of God is within you. I believe that both are true. But I believe that being awakened to the kingdom, being baptized into the kingdom, and being and, and, and receiving Christ, 
Christ, that the kingdom is inside of you to where we begin to be governed internally and not externally, where we're not preaching uh, or teaching behavior modification, where if you change outwardly, eventually it'll begin to affect the inward man, but that we begin to, but that we actually begin to preach the gospel that says, look, be changed in the inner man and all other things will follow after that. I believe that is the gospel of, of Christ, the gospel of the kingdom. But when we begin to preach a gospel that requires absolutely no change, a gospel that says that you are, and I, I want you to hear me clearly, um, a gospel that says that you are accepted as you are, and there is no requirement whatsoever for there to be any need or any desire for you to change. Now, now, now let me be clear. I believe that God does accept you as you are. He doesn't wait for you to get better or to think better or to or to be ready or any of those things in order to receive his grace. It's just a simple matter of believing and receiving. But this is the thing. Once you believed and once you've received that, that the grace of God should provoke on the inside of you, it should invoke on the inside of you. Um, a process of transformation where you are being renewed in the spirit of your mind and a, and a process to where every part of your life is able to be touched by the transformative power of Christ, the transformative power of the grace of God. And when there's a gospel that is out there that preaches that there are certain areas of an individual's life that that has no need to be touched by Jesus, I believe that we begin to enter into another gospel. Now, whether that is habits, whether that is desires, whether that is sexual um, desires, orientation. I did a whole thing on Facebook. I did a couple um, posts that I posted about sexual immorality. Um, whether that is greed or the way that you handle your money, whether that is how you deal with your relationships, whether you are married or unmarried, your relationship within your family dynamics, whatever the case may be, your interaction within a local assembly or the way that you treat brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, the way that you treat, you treat strangers and people that may be different than you. I believe that the grace of God and the gospel should be able to touch every aspect of your identity every aspect of your character, every aspect of your lifestyle to where you're open and, and, and available for God to change whatever needs to be changed in your life. Whenever we tell God, you can touch this area, but these other areas are off limits. And, and that's one thing that I even hear, uh, even with, and, 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 and hear my words, there's coming a revolution. I believe quite honestly, a demonic revolution and 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 a carnal sensual revolution that will ultimately continue to try to morph the gospel and the grace of God and mutate the grace of God um, to become appealing to the senses to where everything that feels good or sounds good, whether it's scientific, whether it is um, philosophical, whatever it may be. If it sounds good or feels good or makes sense to the senses, then we are going to to cause the grace of God to adapt 
to whatever that sensual sensation is. And I want to say that it will be a mutation of the grace of God, a mutation of the gospel. And, in, and, in, and instead of us conforming to the image of Christ, we will begin to conform to the image of culture. I believe that that is one of the dangers that lies ahead. But also, I believe that there will be teachers and didactic graces that will also begin to arise that will begin to confront um, those ideologies and contend for um, what the truth is according to the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so with that, we cannot preach a gospel, teach a gospel, demonstrate a gospel that is outside of the boundaries of the character, the love and the example of Jesus Christ. And I believe that 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 if you progress beyond what Jesus had demonstrated and what beyond what Jesus had said concerning the new covenant, I believe that you have progressed into dangerous territory, dangerous grounds, and ultimately you'll find yourself preaching the gospel of another Jesus. So better is not necessarily boundless. Um, to be better is to be led by the Holy Spirit. To be better is to be governed internally by the grace of God. To be led by the grace of God. To be open to allow Holy Spirit to touch the areas of your life, every area of your life, so that you can be conformed and transformed into his image. I don't want to keep talking because I can't keep talking. Uh, and, I, and I know that uh, an episode like this opens your mind up to so many different things. Um, but I but I do. This is what I do want you to do. I want you to send me some some something uh, write to me. Send me an email. Let me know your thoughts and let's see how we can expand on these on these ideas and these thoughts and see where this conversation goes. But I believe that we are a, a part of a better covenant. Glory be to God made up made with and upon better promises that Jesus is a mediator of that covenant, which means that in order to have full expression or full revelation of that covenant, you have to you have to relate or go through or be in Christ. He is the he is the access point to this covenant. So we cannot abandon him. We cannot overthink him because that's what I see people do. You cannot overthink Christ. We have to abide in the simplicity of the gospel, which ultimately leads to transformation of one's life which ultimately leads to transformation of one's generation. So listen, I love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this blessed you, and I pray that you all have a blessed and productive week. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.